These are audio versions of TV shows from New Ireland TV. New Ireland TV is a new TV station for a new Ireland. It's available worldwide for free on Roku and Amazon Fire TV Stick. There's no additional signups required, so just search on your app store for New Ireland TV. These are editorials from New Ireland TV founder James McInespy. Expect objectionable content and opinions you do not share. Hello, it's James McInespy here, founder of New Ireland TV. It is currently the 20th of January, a new president has been sworn in to the United States. Uh, but this is about Ireland and the journey that Ireland is going to embark on over the next three or four years. Uh, it's now looking increasingly like there's going to be a referendum very soon. Um, I think they're actually going to make an announcement at some point of this year uh, as to when that might be. Uh, so now we need to take this opportunity to really, uh, really grasp the opportunity of a millennia, really. We have never had a situation where economically and just geographically and topographically and politically and just everything now seems to be aligned towards a 32 county open economy island nation, which we desperately need so that we can finally fulfill our promise, fulfill our ambitions, fulfill our destiny. Well, destiny, I don't like this. But the night is always darkest just before the dawn. So I'm recording this uh, on a freezing night in Oma under the lights uh, in the middle of lockdown. We've got another few weeks of this lockdown to go. So I'm going to be releasing more and more content uh, until lockdown lifts. And then as lockdown slowly lifts and lets us move about a bit more, I'll get a bit more content. And hopefully by the time lockdown is over, we will have loads and loads of stuff to show you and we will start inviting you to studios and uh, just feeling like a new TV station, a new TV station for a new Ireland. Hello again, it's James McInespy, founder of New Ireland TV. Um, here again, uh, this time out in the daylight, uh, but as you can see, we have had a dusting of snow uh, in overnight. Uh, the other big news, of course, is that the lockdown restrictions are going to now be extended, uh, which to me seems like a, a massive failure of uh, pandemic response by not treating the island of Ireland as an island. An island is a natural defence to an airborne pandemic, and yet Dublin Airport is packed. Uh, well, you know, DUP MPs are flying back and forth to Westminster as if they were just clocking up their air miles. Um, New Zealand, for example, as a direct comparison, a similarly sized nation with a similar colonial history to our own. Uh, earlier this summer, they were able to put on a full program of top level rugby, top level elite professional rugby in front of sellout crowds in uh, stadiums. They were doing that back in July and August. And yet we're still stuck here where people can't even go on a 5K in the morning. A woeful, a woeful response that totally negated our natural defence. The fact that we are an island, being on an island is quite advantageous and we should have made a point of pressing home that advantage. But what we are going to do though is we are going to continue to make, create new content, um, create new TV shows showing Ireland um, and what a new Ireland could be like. Because the lockdown has 
will be pushing us back a wee bit or the restrictions will be pushing us back a wee bit uh, it will give us more time to use this as a runway to sort of take off from um, we're coming from a very low base in regards to uh, resources etc um, you know the east coast ones already have their built-in uh, built-in revenue streams such as license fees for example um, there are or the other thing there are established advertising platforms which is fair enough um, so we have to start off small but continue checking in we will continue to be adding new stuff especially in new lockdown now people have pretty much hit the bottom of Netflix at this point I think so it's time to look for something fresh which is New Ireland TV a new TV station for a new Ireland Hello, uh, James McInesby here, founder of New Ireland TV. It is the 24th of January today. Well, the big news today is that Scotland, uh, specifically Nicola Sturgeon, has declared that if the SNP should win the May Assembly elections, she will go ahead and run a referendum with or without the permission of Whitehall. Um, we discussed this quite extensively in the Michael Collins episode of uh, Chatting Pictures podcast. They'll, they'll get to an impasse where Boris will not let them have a referendum. So at that point, what is their options? To hold their own illegitimate, yes. in quotes, uh, referendum. Or just to totally, as, an, as, a, as a parliament, start ignoring and refusing the British Empire. And we, I posited that sooner or later, Boris Johnson is going to have to be faced with the situation where he will have to put handcuffs onto Nicola Sturgeon if she keeps going this way. At what point will we get to that? Will handcuffs, will Nicola Sturgeon spend the night in a prison cell before the UK forces of security start bashing heads? That's the position we're going to find ourselves in within the next two or three years now. We are definitely on a path that is unprecedented really in the amount of changes we are going to see uh, pretty much this has been on the pipeline since since the brexit as soon as brexit uh, was an issue this was always going to be a possibility i didn't actually think we'd get this far down the road so quickly but such is the incompetence of um of the supporters of the united kingdom as an entity that they kept shooting themselves in the foot at every chance they had to bolster uh, bolster Northern Ireland and Scotland's relationship to Westminster. For example, when they sabotaged and torpedoed Theresa May's Brexit deal, which actually would have been the best of all worlds and we would be, you know, two or three years into a Brexit that would have been probably forgotten about by this point if uh, if it had have actually passed Theresa May's deal. But here we are now, um, Gordon Brown has weighed in. Uh, he seems to have a lot of affiliation for the entity of the United Kingdom. To be fair, he was a Prime Minister of it for a very brief moment, remember that? But he has been retired for 10 years now and yet he seems to be the only person that the uh, London media can get to speak, uh, you know, persuasively from Scotland on the Scottish issue. 
Ruth Davison would have been the obvious candidate, but uh, she no longer wants to be uh, seen to be a representative of Boris Johnson, to her credit. And I'm sure she wants to go on ahead with her life, etc. But we are now, the chess pieces have been shifted dramatically. Um, and it happened in the days before Christmas. Nobody else noticed this, uh, but I'm pretty sure in the days before Christmas in locked rooms in Whitehall, there was an arrangement made where Northern Ireland would basically be cut off in order that Scotland would remain with Britain. I'm pretty sure now there's going to be a very intensive divide and conquer campaign uh, waged by the imperialists um, that we need to be very wary of. They will start pitting Scotland against Ireland's interests and we have to be aware of that. We have to spot it when we see it. We have to call it out when we see it. And not only that, we have to actually manipulate it to our own benefit uh, because they will try this. It's the only tactic they have. They pretty much exhausted all their good reasons for staying in Britain in the 2014 referendum. And the best one was that Scotland would remain in the EU, which obviously is no longer the case. So we need to now uh, put our support behind the Scottish independence referendum uh, uh, bid uh, as well as our own. Um, because what I foresee... The plan being from the imperialist side is that they'll be happy to cut the raft of Northern Ireland off in order that they keep Scotland. So just be aware of that. Uh, call it out when you see it. I certainly will. And keep tuned to New Ireland TV, a new TV station for a new Ireland. Hello and welcome. Oh, that's my father's head intro. Hello, uh, James McInesby here, founder of New Ireland TV. Uh, the 29th of January, uh, spring is starting to rear its head. Uh, it's a lot brighter. The evening's getting a bit longer. I'm um, seeing some uh, birds that I haven't seen uh, so far. I think I might have just spotted an oriole, uh, but I'll need to check on that. Possibly a wren as well. But anyway. Uh, I wanted to talk about yesterday, the Ireland's Future uh, released a set of documents uh, regarding their strategies and proposals for what to do to uh, advance the cause of a referendum. Now, I haven't got through all those documents yet. Uh, I only received them yesterday and I've been uh, filming and launching a TV station. Don't know if you've heard of it, New Ireland TV, a new TV station for a new Ireland. But I did watch the discussion they were having uh, last night. Uh, in regards to setting up a border poll and mostly what they were saying is we are now in a referendum footing we just need to get a date but what needs to happen is that the infrastructure of all Ireland institutions needs to be more um, solidified and in some cases established uh, so for example there are far too many Quangos and government bodies and institutions that are just they're just doubling up the workload by just having unnecessarily parallel institutions that are effectively enforcing the same standards because they're enforcing EU standards so they're enforcing the same standards. There's a few exceptions to this for example Ireland Waterways uh, administers the you know major water bodies of water across the island uh, the transition between you know two parallel but separate nations to being one 
island nation will take about 15 or 20 years. We will probably still need to continue using the same currency for at least five years. We need to change quite a lot of infrastructure, um, telecoms, electricity. There's a lot of things that need to be sort of amalgamated. You know, a business can start in a new Ireland and have clarity as to what its regulatory responsibilities are because at the minute and I can say this from personal experience half the time I'm just sort of guessing if I'm actually covered uh, my regulation by regulations or if I need to do two separate jurisdictions so as I said so it'll be a long time uh, for a transition and it may be that we need to consider possibly in the interim a federated state with the two Belfast and Dublin governments but again, I haven't read through the proposals, so I'm going to read through those and answer them properly. But what I did want to address was their attitude appears to be that all the movement needs to come from the governing uh, establishment, the governing, governing class, which I disagree with. The movement needs to come from the ground up. It needs to be a people-led movement. It needs to be a community-led movement. It needs to be from the people um, just asserting their right to self-determination. If we just wait for the politicians, they're going to him and ha and come up with all sorts of excuses to not have to make a decision because they're scared of their career if they make a decision the public don't like. So all politicians ever do anyway is wait to see what the public discourse is and then try to follow it. Politicians politic. It's just the way it is. They were particularly scathing on the Irish government, dragging their heels on this, um, which is true. Um, I would specifically mention Senator Neil Richmond, uh, who I've seen on TV panel shows and stuff. Anytime the idea of a border poll comes up or a referendum, he, he says, well, they always say, oh, it's too divisive. Well, of course it's divisive. Um, we were partitioned and then we were systematically divided and conquered so yes the idea of uh, a mechanism to rid ourselves of that is going to be divisive go ahead sir uh, it's just interesting that three-fifths of the panel don't want a referendum because the people might have an opinion on it but the other thing he said was that there is a danger of loyalist violence if uh, the results should go the wrong way so in other words he is just conceding victory to bullying terrorists is effectively what that mentality says. If they're going to not, you know, take a decision on the off chance that a few Michael Stone characters are going to cause a bit of havoc, uh, that means you have just um, given in to terrorism, which is, you know, something you're not supposed to do. But yeah, and if the other thing is, if we leave it to the government and the government classes, we're just going to end up with what happened in 1922, which is even when Ireland did actually gain its freedom uh, in that sort of partial uh, way. They just took all the institutions that were in place, the legal system and the system of governments. They just copied what was in Westminster and just stuck a name over the top of it. So, you know, it'd be like buying a ladder and putting a Ferrari label on it. That's basically what they did. So they just instituted the same inadequate structures for governance and law. You know, so there still is that two-tier legal system down south, the barristers and solicitors. There are still the government classes who think they're above the opinions of the people, who think they're just too intelligent and too uh, well-informed to have to listen to what the people say. That mentality still reeks throughout Leinster House.
all they've done really is just transplant imperialism from being controlled by Whitehall to just changing changing a few of the colours and transferring it mostly to the Catholic Church. So no, don't leave it to the government. We should be rising up from the bottom. We should be making protests. We should be doing civil disobedience. We should be really making our voices heard through structured protest and disruption. We should be doing these things from the ground up, not waiting for a politician to politic and you know shake hands in their shirt and ties and basically do everything for self-preservation, which is in invariably what will end up happening. There was a study by an academic in the US in the last number of years who identified that when public engagement in a political movement reaches the tipping point of 3%, so in other words, if 3% of the population are actively getting involved in protests or marches or, or anything like that, when it hits that 3% tipping point, that is the point where there's no return and change will happen. That's what we need to be working towards. 3% of the population actively saying we do not want to live under the uh, auspices of a Whitehall government anymore. We want self-determination. We want full uh, access and benefits of being in the EU. And we want to stop paying for an imperialist system of government which does nothing but acts in the detriment of the people on the ground and I mean that for English people, for Scottish people, for Welsh people, for Irish people, for Indian people, for Australian people, for New Zealand people, for United States people. All these systems of government that just transplanted the imperialist model, the um, effectively the Houses of Parliament just in a different city, they are all suffering from the same issues and so it's not a coincidence, quite a few of them are crumbling in the same manner around the same time. You know, all these English-speaking countries that were supposed to be the models of consistency throughout, you know, the 60s, 70s, 80s uh, and 90s. In the 21st century, they are being held together by shoestring at this point and delusion and just the power of the will of delusion and the coronavirus has, has completely punctured that delusion. And now is the time for the people. The people should be getting up. We should be organising protests. We should be creating uh, proclamations, not waiting for the government to come up with a few wishy-washy declarations. They'll mull over them for six months, they'll forget about them, then they'll come up with another one six months later. And in five years time, everyone will just be bored of it and we'll just have gone back to the status quo by pure default. So no, we don't wait for the government. We rise up and we start now. And of course, New Ireland TV will be there, will be sometimes leading the way there. Um, watch this space for more uh, but we will be there to journalise journalise everything we will be in, I will be in touch now with the Ireland's Future uh, crowd to try and get them on for discussions whenever I get set up a bit better as you can see it's still a bit of a tin pot operation uh, but stay tuned to New Ireland TV a new TV station for a new Ireland Hello again, uh, James McInespy, uh, founder of New Ireland TV, back again on this the 27th of January. Uh, the big news today is that Reddit has pretty much torpedoed capitalism. A, a subreddit on Reddit obviously called uh, Wall Street Bets. It seems to be just a lot of amateur investors. Uh, we're trying to sort of predict uh, short, short selling 
They were trying to predict short selling um, on the New York Stock Exchange and they successfully did it with a company called GameStop. Basically, it's a business that looks like it uh, doesn't have a lot of future because it's a bricks and mortar video games company, whereas the entire industry seems to be moving to online shop fronts and storefronts uh, and the bricks and, and away from physical sales in that industry, the, uh, the market really wants to move in that direction. So GameStop was looking like a sort of bad investment. So we had a lot of vulture capitalists were coming in to, uh, to basically bet on the fact that the shares would go down. And so this subreddit, this forum of amateur investors, decided to bet against the short selling and are seemed to be winning. And they seem to be winning massively. The short sellers needed to guarantee that they were going to continue to buy the shares. Uh, they were expecting the shares to be you know, much lower than they paid for them. But in fact, they were more expensive than what they paid for them. And a lot of these vulture capitalists are like billions of dollars. Uh, and all I can say is, the entire stock exchange and stocks and shares is just an absolute joke. It's basically just a very expensive gambling forum. Uh, you bet on, say, the price of oil is going to go up or down in three months' time. That's basically a lot of what they're doing. That's selling futures. Uh, there's a lot of them where they will bet on mergers and acquisitions. So all they want to see is more mergers and acquisitions. So you can have you know, what it what it turns into then is that down on the high street. So you come away from Wall Street, you go down to the high street, and instead of having you know vibrant businesses that are serving their communities from the ground up or created innovations in products or services. What you have is now businesses are starting up with the express intention of being bought out. They're not serving their customers and not even looking to necessarily make profit. They're just looking to be sold. And it's it's making capitalism eat itself, which it has been doing for about 100 years. But now it's becoming so ridiculously unsustainable that even people who would have normally been a supporter of stocks and shares or even investors are sitting looking and thinking, this is not a sustainable model. The entire uh, modus operandi of capitalism is growth and it's always um, infinite growth, which is obviously impossible. Any person who studies thermodynamics will know that infinite growth is just not possible. Sooner or later, someone will have to crash down. Now, usually this meant a sort of correction in the markets. Uh, so you had the things like the Wall Street crash of 1929 and that sort of thing, and right up to the 80s. Um, but then they stopped letting the market correct itself. They started bailing out the uh, financial institutions every time it looked like there might be something going on. So for example, if the New York Stock Exchange fell more than 20%, they would close the market immediately. So they weren't actually operating a free market economy. They were operating a protection racket. The numbers involved in the stock exchange, so you're talking about tens of billions and trillions of pounds changing hands on a daily basis. That is all imaginary. There is no way that they could actually produce that value of currency in one physical space, even if the entire physical space was the entirety of the surface area of the landmass on the planet. It has been maintained with a pathological fervor by most of the G20 governments across the world, uh, most of the English language governments across the world. Uh, quite a few of the French-speaking languages across the world. You're sort of seeing the pattern here, aren't you? A lot of the Spanish-speaking uh, nations across the world. Uh, just basically 
the imperialists and the imperialist the post-imperialist economies all are wedded to this idea of you know infinite growth infinite growth the consumer the employee infinite growth as long as the shareholders are happy that's all that matters i think most people now on ground level are starting to realize this uh i think now that even people as i said who wouldn't traditionally been the sort of wannabe stocks and share types uh, the chattering classes are now even getting to the point where they cannot without irony defend the scenario when where the likes of jeff bezos is the richest person in the history of the planet uh, on paper my solution to this is the bread standard i can tell you more about that in a separate video the great leveler of capitalism is the idea of open competition so whoever innovates better whoever uh, brings something to market with either better or less expensive for the consumer are then generally going to um, are usually going to triumph in the long run or they have to keep innovating in order to maintain their market uh, dominance again that has been completely wiped away so any residual benefit that capitalism capitalism might have got from innovation it's out the window now because all that happens is one player gets dominant in the market takes over their biggest rival and takes over 70% market share and then they're untouchable. So I got to the point where, you know, less than 10 companies in the world probably own about 80% of all intellectual property on the planet. So where does it end? Like? But stay tuned to New Ireland TV. We've got lots of fresh intellectual property uh, that we will be entertaining you with from here on out. We're still a bit of a tin pot operation, but stay tuned. You will see us grow and grow organically and sustainably. Uh, and we will be seeking to make profit. We'll also be looking to serve our customers and innovate as much as we can because we are a new TV station for a new Ireland. James McInespy here, founder of New Ireland TV. It is the 31st of January, so officially the end of the first month of the new year. Uh, it's the 31st of January and I just wanted to uh, just give a sort of review of how the first month of the New Ireland TV has been going. Uh, but there has been actually far too much going on uh, in 31 days that, you know, it feels uh, like I should be reviewing the news. Um, pretty much everywhere around the world is riots going on at the minute. The Velojean in Paris, the uh, Indian farmers. Uh, the United States hasn't really settled down yet, but has been on a very, very tense way. Um, Netherlands, in Amsterdam, they're rioting, like there's riots happening all over the place. And as Martin Luther King said, the riot is the language of the unheard. Bizarrely, the only location that doesn't seem to be having rioting at the moment is the little statelet upon which I live in, which is renowned for its recreational rioting. And to be fair, the one was going around the tractors and indeed did look like they were having a flash crack, to be fair. So I uh, can't say it necessarily disproved. There we go. What's happening in Northern Ireland uh, at the moment is that these uh, there's a lot of tension regarding Brexit, obviously, and the fallout from the protocol, um, which was very, very briefly invoked by the EU, which didn't completely derail our our ambitions but it's certainly given them ammunition now we'll not hear the end of for about two or three years that the first uh, side to invoke article 16 was the european union yeah the other thing i wanted to do a quick video off as well i wanted to start uh, sports news it's celtic football club um has announced they're getting a new chairman so actually even bigger news than 
potentially Neil Lennon getting fired is actually his boss changing hands so I wanted to have a bit of a discussion about that uh, in regards to their future uh, in a potential European Super League but I'll get to get around to that at some point during the week. Vaccine fallout. I want to do a whole thing in the vaccines. The Oxford variation. Um, I have a lot, a lot to say about that and it's not particularly flattering to the Oxford uh, University and their lab and scientific method. So that, that was all stuff that I've just encountered in the first month of this um, venture. Uh, as I said, the shifting tectonics of geopolitics at the minute is um, of a magnitude that has not been seen since the end of World War II. The last time the whole world was sort of in this position where we're all about to embark on a new future, a new paradigm, if you want, I hate that word. But uh, the last time it happened was when World War II ended. So for the first time, because of the global pandemic, because a pandemic doesn't really respect borders, a pandemic just goes wherever it will survive. We are all now starting at point zero with like a handful of exceptions. New Zealand, I've mentioned, I think Cuba. I need to look into what they're doing, but they seem to be handling things a wee bit better than a lot of other places. Um, but for the most part, you know, 200 odd countries across the world now have to deal with the fact well, number one, their entire work structure, the structure of a day's work is now completely out the window. There's a desperation at the moment to get everything back to normal. And by, what they mean by that is to get employees back into workspaces and making money for, uh, you know, CEOs, board members and that sort of thing. They think they can just go back to that. That is now no longer viable. People in the ground are expecting to go back to that, to go back to sort of normal normality, as I keep saying. Sooner or later, they will be called back into the office. It's not going to happen. Um, city centers now, for the next 10 years maybe, are going to completely shift. All these empty office blocks are now just expenses that major corporations realize they can do without. And so for, therefore they will. They can offset their electricity bills and heating bills, etc., to each individual employee. So that takes that off their outgoings. So they're all very happy with the scenario of keep the employee paying for their internet, for their heat, for their electricity, and we will continue to reap full profits. We will not pay them any more. In fact, it'll be even easier to stop paying them more because as they're individuals, they will have less opportunity to discuss, you know, collective bargaining and that sort of thing. So corporations are very happy with this scenario of work from home. So there, there won't be an idea of going back to the office. So that what that will have a knock-on effect of will be socialising then, will become much more tight-knit. Um, if we do ever get the pubs back, and if, it, if it's still like this in six months, I don't think we will. If we don't get the pubs back, we will see a Shabin slash speakeasy culture rising up. Uh, we're already seeing you know, little seeds of that happening already. If the pubs don't get back within maybe six to eight months, that will be the way people will socialize for the next 10 years, just in shabines, etc. We tried sessions, illegal raves. Uh, I don't like calling them illegal raves because it sort of misrepresents what they are. They are gatherings in the forest of people with the uh, common purpose of having a good time. They're generally harmless. Um, the odd time there has been some tragic accidents, but overall they're harmless. Um, they're not doing anyone any harm really, but because one landowning farmer takes exception to it, it becomes an issue, but I do foresee that taking place a lot more, especially in the upcoming summer. So yeah, there's a whole new alternative way of life is going to blossom now. If you want it, if you have it, if you grasp it, 
there is this opportunity that we've never had before. A change is going to come. There's going to be a lot of difficulties as we try and um, map our way through it to a, a society that we are that we are happy with, that we feel reflects us. Um, I don't think it's going to happen under a Whitehall government. The Whitehall government is too obsessed with control. They're too obsessed with profiteering. They're too obsessed with capitalism. Um, they're not in any way interested in the welfare of the people that voted for them. So as I said, the world has changed. Peter Hitchens in the Daily Mail today, the Mail on Sunday, uh, an imperialist to the core has even suggested letting Scotland go because it would help England thrive better. And I don't necessarily think he's wrong about that. I think England has a much better opportunity to thrive if they're stopped, uh, you know, carrying the dead weight of reluctant passengers. If they let Scotland go, Scotland could flourish and England could flourish. Um, so the 21st century is only really getting started now. As I mentioned before, the first couple of decades of the 20th century, you wouldn't really identify as the 20th century. You only really sort of think of Titanic happening. And then some vague ideas of like Western towns or, you know, just electricity. Towns with small bit of electricity. Like there's not really much to identify the 20th century until really the interwar years and the uh, roaring 20s. So we've got a lot of places to go to. Um, this is just one month and we've already had so much to speak about. Um, as I said, I did not expect to have so much material to draw upon so soon. But such is the, such is the period of flux we're in, um, that this will happen quite a lot. And I will try my best to keep people informed about it uh, in a fair, in a praiseworthy but fair way. Because uh, this is New Ireland TV. A new TV station for a new Ireland.